Welcome to session 186 of Scanner School. Today we're talking about discovering a brand new federal trunk system. This was something that is, again, very exciting to me, right? Because I keep saying the secrets are in the searches. This is where you find new things, right? This is how you uncover what's out there. It's not just something you can be able to go, oh, I, I found this in the database and this is all that's out there, right? Well, for many people, that's true, right? You only want to listen to your local fire, your local police, right? But there's a lot of us that love uncovering the unknown, finding things that are new, right? And it's just like this This is exciting. And I hope by telling this story in today's podcast, if you don't already have this, this passion for searching out things on your scanner that maybe – this might ignite a little bit of a spark that turns into a fire. So stick around. We're going to go through how this system was discovered, how fast the community came together and discovered where sites were, how we did it, and how you can do it as well, and how you can learn more. Stick around. We'll be right back. Today's podcast is sponsored by our two brand new training courses, our free SDR course, the Ultimate Beginner's Guide to Software Defined Radio will get you started with SDRs in an afternoon. We will show you what hardware and accessories to buy to get started with Software Defined Radio. Then we'll show you the step-by-step how-to to install the drivers, tune your first frequency with SDR Sharp, and then have you monitoring digital at the end of this free course. Our advanced course continues with beginner's course left off and levels up your SDR experience. In this course, you'll learn even more about software-defined radio. We will show you how you can substitute an SDR for your high-end digital scanner, how to monitor HD radio, monitor trunk systems, and overhead data with Unitrunker, and even how to monitor all the talk groups on a system and never miss a beat with SDR trunk. You can sign up for both courses at courses.scannerschool.com. Before we start this week's podcast, I'd like to take a moment to thank our Patreon supporters. Patreon is a month-to-month sponsorship platform. We have three different support tiers, each with different benefits. But the most valuable tier is our $5 a month tier. This equates to sponsoring the podcast for about a dollar per episode. Now, not only do our $5 Patreon supporters receive the podcast early, but they also receive a commercial-free version of the podcast delivered directly to their podcast player. Some may say that the included squelchy sticker pack that is mailed to your home is the best benefit of the $5 level, but I think it's the community or the club that is growing at this level. You see, we meet once a month on Zoom, and we have a roundtable discussion about scanning, ask questions, offer advice. Some of the members are answering other people's questions, and we just talk with our fellow scanner school classmates. This is an exclusive group for our $5 Patreon members. Now, again, if all this wasn't enough at that level, you'll also receive discounts to upcoming Scanner School courses and offerings. Now, you can help support Scanner School by going to www.scannerschool.com slash Patreon or www.scannerschool.com slash support. Now, I'd like to thank all of our Patreon supporters at all levels, and they are 
Arthur Heron, Bill Kay, Brian King, Buzz Gold, Chris Paris, Craig Harper, Dan, Dave Pascoe, David C., Danny Crotty, Ed Walsh, Edward Bramblett, Evan Barkak, Glenn Wright, Greg Johnson, Guy Lee, Jay Haycock, Jack Berry, James Broxson, James Felling, James Peruta, Jeff Block, Jeff Chapman, Jenny Taylor, Jim B., Jim Heinrich, John Keel, John Goldenberg, Ken Newberry, Kenneth Fowler, Kevin Zwicky, Lenny Bauer, Les Stevenson, Lynn Smith, Mark Beebe, Mason Kramer, Michael Kroger, Nicholas Stenger, Paul Teal, Raymond Hill, Robert, Robert Kanzler, Robert Kanzler again, Ronnie Bob. Sal Marandola, Signals Everywhere, Terry Weatherford, Tim Mazza, Todd Glendie, and William R. Cand. Now let's start the podcast. Welcome to The Scanner School, a podcast dedicated to the scanner radio hobby. Class is about to begin. Here is your host, Phil Lichtenberger. So welcome to Scanner School. My name is Phil Lichtenberger, and again, this podcast is here to teach you everything to know about the scanner radio hobby. So... I'm recording this episode ahead of time. i got a lot on my plate this month, and I'm batching a whole pile of podcasts so that July for me, I can concentrate on stuff I have to do around the house. So two weeks ago, from the date I'm recording this, which means a month ago for you guys listening to this right now, a user jumps onto the radio reference forums in the federal section. His username is Dave3825, and he's from Long Island. He's actually somebody who's very active in radio reference, also on my own personal website. And Dave does uh, an unbelievable job at finding things and submitting to and being a part of the community. And what he basically announces on June 14th is that, hey, I'm in Long Island. I'm picking up this unknown trunk system in the federal band, on the VHF federal band. I've been dealing with Skip lately, so I'm pretty sure this isn't a system that is local. Does anybody in the region or maybe up or down the Atlantic coast here recognize this system? Because it was never submitted into the radio reference database. He can't find any information about it. And he's got a really good solid decode on it. And he's been watching it for about a week. So he lists the site. He lists the NAT code. He lists the WACKIN, right? He lists the system ID. And he's watching this thing. And he can actually see it announcing neighbors. So the post goes up on June 14th. With that, you got a couple of people chiming in that are now in Connecticut. And they're saying, hey, I got a really great decode on this as well. Well, one of them lives over on a ridge, and he has been known to hear from where he is in Connecticut all the way into New York City. And in fact, on a really good day when he's got some skip and ducting like he does in this time of year, hearing into New Jersey for him is something that happens daily as well. But he says, hey, I can hear it, which means, okay, this is a big signal now, right? And it's not going away. It's not fading in and out like you would expect when things come in through ducting or skip. Okay. Now, again, if you want to know more about tropospheric ducting and how skip works, go back in our podcast episode number 182. We talk all about skip, ducting, and propagation because right now in the Northern Hemisphere is prime time for this kind of stuff. Southern Hemisphere folks, sorry to say, you got to wait till about Christmas time, but it's one heck of a Christmas gift, let me tell you that. So with that, right, now you've got a couple people who are saying, okay, I can see it here on Long Island, I can see it up in Connecticut. Now from Long Island, Connecticut, we can kind of hear things back and forth between each other, but then we have somebody else who comes in, right, GTR8000. He is notorious for being a contributor 
on Radio Reference. He's all over the boards. It's almost like a full-time job for him. He's all over the place when in a, when in uh, when you look at his uh, his profile. And I am very friendly with him as well. We we exchange emails several times, if not a week, several times a day, comparing notes and going through things. Him and I are both database administrators here for New York State. So. He's inland a bit, right? He's up there in the Hudson Valley. So if anybody isn't, isn't familiar with Long Island or New York State, you got the little piece that sticks out below Connecticut. That's where I am in, in Long Island, right? If you go northwest into the mainland of New York, the very bottom part of New York, it kind of intersects, and people don't really realize this, but it borders, New York borders New Jersey and Pennsylvania. He's in that section of New York. And he says, hey, I can see this system pretty well too on these sites as well. And now he starts logging. So again, we're all in day one here. So we now have a new trunk system. We can see sites. We can see it saying, hey, these are the sites I'm seeing, and these are my neighboring sites. In one day, you've got a pile of people now who are who are looking at this and contributing in a forum on what's going on. We don't hear any radios yet. We don't hear any users. But we can see what's going on. It's like a little mini militia, right? We've got people in three states now giving reports and looking at systems and the sites and reporting in what they are seeing and hearing and observing on this system. One user jumps into his car to see if he can pinpoint where some of these sites are located. He gets out there and one day after the post was made, he comes through and he says, hey, I've got a positive location ID on this particular site. Submits it to the radio reference database, and just like that, the birth of a new trunk system in the radio reference database just happened. Because now we've got our very first piece of concrete information about the site, or the system rather. We know where a site is located. It's enough to get it to be published in the radio reference database. Later that day, the same user is driving around, and he confirms a second site in this system out in Morristown Airport in Morris County, New Jersey. The very interesting thing about this site, though, is that it is not announcing any neighbors. So even though it's part of this system, it's an island site. So that now starts saying, well, why is it this not tied in? Is it is it a local cell or what, what's going on here? But again, we now know we've got a system with sites that are identifying neighbors and we also have some unknown sites out there because they're not being identified on an existing site as being a neighbor or that lone site doesn't have any neighbors going outbound. So now we're like, oh, let's let's start scanning through the VHF band in the federal section and seeing if we can find any other sites that have the same WACN and system ID that might also be an island. And we're going to touch on this in one second here. So the next clue is... Who owns this system? What part of the federal agencies are going to be using this? We don't know, right? It's just an unknown system just beaconing out and has a control channel. Well, what happens out here is we've got the federal interoperable frequencies that are used in the tri-state area, and they do roll calls. And what happens is you'll get you know DOJ roll calling in and other types of systems. Well, wouldn't you know when the U.S. Marshals roll call, their radio IDs transmit out starting with 88, right? Is there 88XXXXX, basically? Well, these are the same radio IDs that we're seeing on the trunk system. 
So what does that tell us now? Chances are pretty good that this might be a U.S. Marshall P-25 system. So now this system has been labeled in radio reference as to who's on it. But that's as far as we can really go here because as of now, every single talk group that's been logged has been phase two encrypted. There's nothing has been in the clear yet. Hopefully we will see stuff in the clear. But on a system like this, I would not hold my breath. Keep in mind, everything so far has been within 24 hours of the first post in the radio reference forum about this system. So, on this same day now, we have a post by the very first poster, the instigator in this whole thing here. And he says, hey, I went by a local federal building here in my county. And I can see the control channel, so I took my antenna off. I still can decode the control channel. Clear as day. No errors. Really strong signal. So we're going to submit this as a location for this site. Wouldn't you know it? We now have site number three in this system in the radio reference database. Now, we find another site here. It's booming in here on Long Island. The original poster and myself can see this thing screaming. So we're watching it. What happens here? It's not broadcasting any neighbors. So now we've got another island site. Where is this site coming from? We don't know. <laughs> so the next morning, the site's gone. It's not even transmitting. We cannot hear it. Of course, every other site in the system isn't broadcasting that it's a neighbor. So we don't know if it's supposed to be there. And in the afternoon, just like that, the site comes back on the air again. But much, much weaker than it was before. The trick here is, though, what I thought was now local to me, I now think is far from me because of the change in signal. However, the initial poster, who's about 30 minutes away from me, still sees it as well. So now we're thinking, okay, maybe it's between us somewhere half halfway between us. It could be another island site. Maybe it's at a local airport, just like the one that's out in Morris Township in New Jersey. We don't know. But what we do know is that within two weeks of the initial posts going up on Radio Reference, we've got nine full pages of notes from the Radio Reference community with updates on frequencies, NACs, control channels, neighbors, talk groups, radio IDs, changes in sites, and coordination as to where do you think the signal is coming from. In fact, one of the sites has 19 talk groups logged and a handful of radio IDs. All this from a community online, people who've never met each other before, all share the same passion, scanning. But it took one person, one single person, to break out of a scan list and go into search mode to find something unique and different. It's amazing what you find when you start searching through Radio Reference. So on the other side of this break, we're going to talk about how you can do this and the tools that were used to do this and that are being used right now, how you can learn how to do this and how you can even read up more about this in a magazine. So if you want to support the podcast on Patreon and skip this break, go ahead and go to scanschool.com slash Patreon. Again, I want to thank again my 3 and $5 supporters. And again, your benefit is missing this break. Everybody else, we'll see you on the other side. Did you know there are ways to help support the Scanner School podcast that doesn't 
take any time or any extra money on your part. If you go to scannerschool.com support, you will find we have several ways that you can continue to do your online shopping and help support us. We have links to Amazon. If you click on our link before you go to Amazon, anything you buy from there will help support Scanner School. Now, if you're in a market for a brand new scanner, an antenna, other accessories, we have links to Scanner Master, where you can not only purchase a scanner and accessories, but you can also get your radio programmed. And by clicking on our link before you buy, you are helping to support the podcast. Now, if you're in a market for software, we have links to Butel. And if you want something new to you, we also have links to eBay. Again, just go to scannerschool.com support before you make your purchases, and you are helping to support Scanner School at no additional cost to you. This session of Scanner School is sponsored by East Coast Pagers. Now, East Coast Pagers is one of my online companies, and we are a Unication, Apollo, and Swiss phone dealers serving the North American market. Now, if you're looking for a personal use pager or one for your department, we can get you a quote at the very best prices. So why does a company like East Coast Pagers support Scanner School? I think that every Scanner Radio user should at least put one pager in their collection of radios. The reason why is very simple. It frees up your scanner to just do scanning, and then you have one radio that's dedicated to your local fire activity. Now, with a pager, you can have voice storage. You can do tone outs. You can keep it silent. You can go back the next day and listen to what you've missed overnight. It's more than you can do with an out-of-the-box scanner. And with today's pagers having multiple frequencies and even having multiple channels in a scan list, like the Unication G1 can do eight channels in a scan list. It has 64 memory channels, and out of the box, it comes with 11 minutes of stored voice and a desktop charger. The G2s to G5s, they do P25 phase one and phase two in simulcast environments with stored voice, paging on conventional NP25. Oh, and they're upgradable too to DMR type one and type two. They are more rugged than today's consumer-based scanners. And with a pager like a Swiss phone S-Quad, you won't even realize you're wearing one. It'll help keep you informed as to what's going on in your neighborhood. So again, eastcoastpagers.com or contact me directly, phil at eastcoastpagers.com. Do you have a new scanner? You're having problems understanding how it works? Maybe you're new to the entire Home Patrol database of programming and you can't figure out Sentinel. Did you get a new SDR and you're trying to figure out how to install it or you want to learn how to use Unitrunker, DSD+, maybe set up a Pioware or even just make some changes and you don't understand how the system and the equipment works, the podcast might be great for you, but maybe you need a little bit more of one-on-one help with setting something up. I'm available to do just that with you with our private tutoring sessions. You can book me online by going to scannerschool.com slash consulting for a one-hour session. And it's great because we can actually share computer screens remotely and I can guide you through step-by-step as if I was sitting right next to you. So again, book me for an hour at scannerschool.com slash consulting for your scanner radio one-on-one tutoring session. National Communications Magazine is your personal library of scanner, CB, GMRS, FRS, MURS, and two-way radio articles written by the best minds in the business over the past three decades. Your NatCom personal online access account allows you to download the newest issues of America's Hobby Radio Magazine, as well as back issues too. So visit natcommag.com to download your free sample issues and sign up today. That's natcommag.com for National Communications Magazine. Okay, so 
how do we discover and find these kinds of new systems? The simplest way is if you just have a scanner, you can just go into search mode. And you can just search certain ranges of frequencies until something pops up. That's the old way of doing things, right? You keep a list of frequencies that you know are active. Once you know, or, or you know, when something is not on your list and it becomes active, then that's what you would do. And in this case, if you had a P25 scanner and you had it in search mode, what would actually happen is you lock on the control channel and you would start to see the WACN and the system ID show up on your display. You can then go into the radio reference database and do a search for that system ID. If you can't find that system ID, that means the system's not in the radio reference database. If you did find the system ID, okay, then you can find out where the system is and maybe should you or should you not be hearing it. And you'd also get the site ID. And again, a site ID is important too because that is the site in the system. The sites are unique for specific areas, right? So again, we've, we've figured out about a half a dozen sites so far as we're going through this. And again, you know, if you know from many different trunk systems, you can have one site or many multiple dozens of sites if it's on a statewide system. But what really made this interesting is that the initial user found this using a software-defined radio. And again, this is the easiest way to do it because you can look at a large spectrum and see what's out there. So without having to scan through something, you can just look at basically a waterfall display or a spectrum sweep and see the little spikes and click on each one of them and see or listen or decode what is coming through on that spike. And again, with that, you can log radios, you can log talk groups, you can log and record audio if needed. And again, if you want to find out how to set up one of these, we've got a free course over at courses.scannerschool.com that will show you how to get yourself set up with a software-defined radio. But all the magic really happens when you get into the advanced pieces of software, like DSD Plus Fastlane, Unitrunker, Trunk SDR. And these pieces of software are coming into our advanced SDR course. Again, courses.scannerschool.com. And we'll show you how to use all of these pieces of software in that course. So now you've got people who are using software, right? Like Unitrunker. And they're just letting the receivers do their thing. And they're leaving them running for days now. Day in and day out. All night, all day. And they're pulling in radio IDs and talk group IDs. And we're finding out one site in particular is extremely busy. All the other ones are pretty silent, which means that there's no registered radios on those sites. So wherever this is being configured from and being built from is in a particular area. But the amazing part here is that this all really comes down to teamwork, right? One user, like I said, broke out of the scan list and did some searching. He was doing exactly what I explained here. The secrets are in the searches and he uncovered a secret. He uncovered a brand new trunk system that wasn't there before. With this information, he went online to radio reference and the community gathered around, like I said, like a mini militia and started picking at the clues, uncovering the systems, sites, IDs, locations, submitting them to the database this is fun. This is something that if you're in an area like this, you can kind of do at home and just follow along, right? You don't have to really participate in 
and hitting scan or search on your scanner, you can follow this along wherever you live and wherever you're listening to right now. If you go to Radio Reference, go to the forums, go to the federal forums, and look for the thread that says U.S. Marshals Service P-25 TRS, and in parentheses it says bee 4 f 0 That's the thread that we are looking at here and we are all participating in. Watch this thread grow. Watch the feedback from the users here. And what's interesting here is this might be a brand new system that is just in the New York, New Jersey, Connecticut area, but we're looking at sites that are in the 100 range. Does this mean that we can expect a nationwide system with over 100 sites? Will this be tied into sites down in the D.C. area? Will we find sites in major metropolitan areas such as Chicago, L.A., right? Dallas, Fort Worth. Who knows? But this type of stuff could be happening in your neck of the woods too. Break out. Get a search going in the federal band. Again, you're not going to find these frequencies in the FCC database because the FCC database is for non-government users. So you're not going to find stuff like the FBI frequencies or Secret Service or U.S. Marshals and those kinds of things, right? This is, again, people are finding these things from searches. Now, if you remember Chris Paris, he was our guest back on episode 143. We talked about how he discovers federal monitoring, and he's the author of the Federal Files blog. He's also a contributor and a, uh, a writer for the Spectrum Monitor. And in this month's Spectrum Monitor, that is what his column is all about, this new system. So the information that I have in front of me here might be a little bit different than what Chris has. And again, since I am now recording this episode before this column releases, but will be published after the column releases, it's kind of hard for me to associate to what's in there. But I was trading emails back and forth with Chris. I did send him this link for the system, and he said he already knew about it, which is interesting. And uh, he was saying that he was kind of doing some last-minute updates to his column to reflect some of the new information that is in the uh, radio reference form here. Unfortunately, I will not have that kind of luxury here. So I am assuming there will be a lot more stuff uncovered in this forum post that I do not have in front of me right now as I'm recording this. But again, this is where the fun is. This is where you separate the casual scanner radio user to those that really want to know what's going on out there, right? Those that want to peel back the onion and know what, what the deal is. And if you're not that kind of person when it comes to scanner radio hobby, that's fine, right? Because the hobby is big enough for everybody to do their own thing on it. And I get it. My dad is one of those guys that just wants to hear the local fire department and used to listen to the local police department before they went encrypted. My uncle, he only came about local PD. That was his big thing, right? And then he wanted to hear what the fire departments were doing on the, on the, uh, in the town he lived in as well. The two of them are not into scanning to find out something new, right? And again, that's fine. A lot of people are just like that. Heck, I've got radios in, in my house that are very specific to what they do. The one that's upstairs that I keep in the kitchen only listens to my local fire department. That's all it does. It's a Home Patrol 1 listening to an analog conventional system. Yeah, a real waste of horsepower there. But that's what it's doing because in that part of the house, I can't be doing this type of stuff. No, this is where I am in the office in the basement following along with all the radios and the software-defined radios and everything else that make this happen. 
again, do you need a software-defined radio to do this? No, you can use your scanner. You can you can use your P25 scanner for this. Just go into search and set your limits and participate. Have fun. Submit information you find. Be a part of the conversation. You can see it's a community. You're not doing this alone. There's a lot of people out there that will help you out through the way as well. So with that, I really hope you enjoyed this podcast episode. This is, again, something I guess you could tell is very passionate to me. You know, finding things, pulling out brand new stuff. I have a blast doing these things. So, again, if you know somebody that would get a kick out of this podcast episode, please share this with them. That's, that's how we make the podcast go. That's how we teach more people is by you sharing a podcast with somebody else. If you haven't yet subscribed, please do so. You can subscribe to the podcast in your favorite podcast player or we're on YouTube as well. Go to YouTube, hit subscribe. If you're watching us or listening to us on YouTube, leave a comment down below. Let me know what you thought about this podcast episode. You can also do so by going to scannerschool.com slash session 186 and leaving a comment on the website. Don't forget to follow along with us on social media. You can find us at scannerschool.com slash Twitter, scannerschool.com slash Facebook, and scannerschool.com slash Instagram. We're also there as well. So with that, again, thanks again for listening. We'll catch you all next week. My name is Phil Lichtenberger. My amateur radio call sign is W2LE, and this is Scanner School. We teach you everything to know about the scanner or radio hobby. 73.